I think that there's a lot of pressure on moms to curate their children's lives and to curate the experiences that their children have, the friendships that they make, how they go about doing that. And something that I really want to do for my children is to give them the freedom to go outside as themselves, be fully themselves. And that often means like we are hot mess sallies walking around. Welcome to the Mothering Together podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and I am here to be your ADHD mom friend. Together, we're going to discover plausible and practical tips for stay-at-home moms with ADHD. It's not like the other podcasts out there where one woman found success doing XYZ strategy and she thinks anyone can do it. No, no, no. We're going to work through systems to find what works for women like you and me who struggle with time management and organization, who have tried all the other things and they didn't work because they weren't individualized and for us personally. As a mom of two and with ADHD myself, I understand how challenging it can be to balance homemaking, raising those little lovable monsters and managing our own unique brains. But don't worry, you're not alone. Each week I release a new episode on Wednesday where I discuss topics related to homemaking, parenting, and time management. I get to leverage my connections as a pediatric SLP to get interviews with experts in the fields of parenting and development. I share my own personal stories and the stories of moms from our community. And most importantly, I fill each of these episodes with practical tips that you can try today. The goal of each and every episode of this podcast is for you to have at least one at least one idea that will give you a whole heck of a lot more ease and a little bit less stress in your day-to-day life as a stay-at-home mom. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom with ADHD or you're just looking for ways to better manage your time in your home, I'm here to help. Go brew yourself the biggest cup of coffee that your Keurig can handle and let's dive in. Hello, my lovely listeners. Today, I'm so super excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Jocelyn Pierce from the Nature Skills Cooperative right here in Milford, New Hampshire. She and I are practically neighbors, and we met kind of virtually through a couple Facebook groups, and then she ended up having something that I wanted to get from a, you know, like share, share the free stuff Facebook group. So I went to her house and I actually didn't end up meeting her then, but we finally met virtually. And then since this interview, we actually met in person at a playground. But, um, anyway, I'm so excited for you to meet Jocelyn. She is the lead learner over at the Nature Skills Cooperative. She's a mom of two girls who are four and two. Her passion, as you're going to hear, is just creating a space for kids and parents to experience nature together while learning practical skills that might have gotten lost along the way. Something as simple as being able to identify common plants. She talks about it like geocaching for plants and learning what's growing right in your backyard can help facilitate your relationship with nature. She's an ordained non-denominational minister with a background in psychology, counseling, and child development. So holy guacamole, she's got a lot of knowledge that we can tap into. And she has over a decade of experience designing programs to help kids learn and grow. She believes that safety, belonging, and awe are essential ingredients in creating environments for children, and that's how she has designed her own nature-based playgroups 
The Nature Skills Cooperative provides nature-based programming right here in southern New Hampshire, and her goal is to connect families with education and resources to build their relationship with nature and each other. So needless to say, I'm super excited to welcome her to the podcast today, and I know that right now she is setting up some playgroups locally. Head on over to her Facebook group. It's called the Nature Skills Cooperative, and you will learn all about the different events that she hosts and learn a lot about loving nature. All right, let's start our conversation. So tell me um, more about what you do and what your cooperative is up to. Well, I started the Nature Skills Cooperative basically when I moved to town and my kids and I were at playgrounds by ourselves all the time. And I would just look around and people would come and go, but I just looked around and thought like, where are my people? I know that there are other people who are standing here with their kids alone. And if we could just connect, like we could do this together. And so the Nature Skills Cooperative started as a Facebook group where we can connect. And now it's turned into a company where I run playgroups and do other nature-based education programming in Southern New Hampshire. What is your background in like nature stuff? <laughs> like, How do you know all the nature things? Because um, I just started learning. Yeah. Honestly, like I talk so much about how nature is a healer because I experienced healing through nature and the way that I kind of got into all these things. I mean, I was interested in, I always wanted to be like Laura Ingalls Wilder when I was a kid. Like I would go into the little grove of trees outside my house and like just, you know, get lost and wish that I could be walking around in the woods somewhere, but we didn't have that. So I went there in my mind. And as time went on, you know, you grow up, you like, I kind of lost that a little bit. And then when I was pregnant with my first daughter, Eleanor, she was high risk. And so I spent a lot of time inside. I spent a lot of time in bed. I spent a lot of time trying to rest and just like survive that. Mm -hmm. And and then when she was born, that recovery started. But then literally that summer, there was like everything got shut down because of not COVID. That came with the second baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was Eastern equine encephalitis, triple E, which is a mosquito borne illness. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys if you've heard about it. It's I think it's less common up here, but I was living in Massachusetts at the time. And literally kids were not allowed to go like at re to recess. It right. was locked down that I summer that. and that spring and fall. There were no after school activities. Like there were like signs, like road signs, like don't go out at dusk or later mm -hmm. where, where mosquito spray and all of those things. And that was really traumatic and scary. And so like just, feeling like I couldn't even go anywhere with her outside. And so then after that winter, my husband used to take her out and just like plop her in a snow pile in her little, you know, snow gear. And, and then after that, I sort of, that was part of my recovery was like going outside with her and kind of overcoming some of that postpartum anxiety that was from a very <laughs> real and valid place, but had sort of taken over my life. And so we started doing the 1,000 Hours Outside Challenge. We joined Hike It Baby, which has um, chapters in this area as well. And just sort of started connecting with people who were also interested in that. And that just helped us 
get outside more, more intentionally. And then really ever since then, it's all been like a lot of learning from others and just experiencing it for myself. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I really like how you described how it was like postpartum anxiety that kind of held you back because I definitely am. I have had that and I know Mm -hmm. that it totally, I was afraid to go out or, or it, it goes either way, I think. I was afraid to go out or I was afraid to stay in. So I would either like mm-hmm. get out and like go to Target or I would um, stay in and not go outside in the sun or the bugs or the mm-hmm. COVID. But yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. I have a question for you that I ask all of my guests. And I'm going to rephrase it because I've been, it's been a little ambiguous. So let's see if if it works if you were to have to choose if you were to have to choose two items to represent your life one from before becoming a mother and one from after becoming a mother what would they be so you did ask me if I understood this question and I did and I'm still subverting the model (laughs) oh no (laughs) because it's the same item but interpreted in different ways and I feel like I overthought the question too but I'm just gonna go with it no I love it if I were to choose an item I think especially from before becoming a mother it would be a clock because I was ready before my husband was ready I mean and so I was waiting and then it took us time to actually be able to you know have a child and then once I did get pregnant it was high risk. And so I feel like I just spent so much time like looking at the clock and it felt like time was going so slow. Just this countdown to becoming a mom that I wanted so desperately. Um, and just willing <laughs> myself to, which is not how it works, but to be I felt that personal <laughs> will of like um, getting us there and, and being able to become a mom. Mm-hmm. And then, after that, I think it's still a clock in its own way. I mean, you, your kids run into the room or they wake up and it's like, what time is it? <laughs> you know, wait, it's still only 8, a, you know, it's 6 a.m. Okay, right. what time is it? It's 8 a.m. What time is dad getting home? Wait, it's only 2 o'clock. Oh, my God, it's not even. And all of those sound kind of negative, but it's just still this clock of making sure I treasure the moments with them making sure I'm intentional with the time that I have with them. So for me, it's a clock. I love that imagery. That's really neat, actually. And I'm obsessed with clocks as well for a different Oh, really? Yeah. So when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I, so I had all digital clocks and I, there's a a researcher called Sarah Ward and she, um, she recommends that people with ADHD get the, um, I'm going to say the wrong thing. The round clocks with the hands. Analog. Analog, yeah, so that you can see um, time passing. Because if you have a digital clock, like, I can't visualize time. Mm -hmm. But if you have the analog, you get to see it. And there are days when I literally use, like, a marker and I write on the clock so I can know what's happening. Um, So, yeah, I'm obsessed with clocks, but for a different reason. But what you said, though, about... Then the second part of motherhood and it being clocks, I think the other side, the flip side of like, oh, what time is it? And all of those things is the calendar seems very fast, mm-hmm. though. Like it's that classic, you know, days are short. 
years well no years are short days are long days are long <laughs> years are short, yeah <laughs> so i i wholeheartedly agree and i love that imagery so you mentioned it earlier and we're going to kind of touch on it in my first episode of this podcast i talked a little bit about making friends and i think that's one of like my core tenets of this mm -hmm. podcast is building community and it's something that after covid i like really leaned into for myself i had i felt very isolated during covid we we were very we hunkered down for many a long time mm -hmm. um, and then when we came back out it was like okay where is everybody and so we started to build community and i am always curious like how people make friends and how they go about building their own community and how they lean into that so since you moved here, we live in the same town. Since you moved here, how have you been reaching out mm -hmm. to other people? Yeah, we moved to Milford in May of 2021. We had a seven-month-old, and people were still very much, like, in the bubble, regardless of how cautious they were about COVID. It's just we got into new routines of you go to work, you come home. You know, people just hunkered down, and we're not really kind of, like, opening back up like relationally if that makes any sense and so it was it was really lonely it was really hard and like we would go to the library we would go to the parks and we just kind of you know made our way and it took a long time for us to develop friendships and really what I have done like I've met a lot of other moms online local moms who, whether it's through, you know, we do a trade on buy nothing and we get to chatting. I mean, I will totally, you know this, I will totally just start chatting you <laughs> up on Messenger <laughs> and like get chatty uh, and like, oh, we should hang out sometime. There's one of the, the women whose farm we're hosting our farm camp at this summer. Like we became friends because I showed up at her door to pick something up on buy nothing and we have so much in common and we've developed like such a great friendship from that. So, you know, reducing that stigma of meeting people online and making friends online, like who cares how you do it? I met my husband online. Right. That's amazing. I mean, I met my husband at an event, but I've met all my friends online for the most part. So mm -hmm. my good friends, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, very I'm very extroverted I'm very chatty and so I talk to everybody like when we were moving to Milford we used I used to come up and just go to the park sometimes from where we were in Massachusetts you know if we had a showing or something we would go to the park and we would like try to meet people we went to a church here for a little bit to try to meet people um, so I think that the the first value that I really have is to just be open I'm open to the possibility that anybody whose path I cross could become a friend. You really just never know. And there was a time recently I was at the park. I was like, there's another mom here. And honestly, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to be friendly. I just want to sit here and be on my phone while my kids are outside. And then we did start talking and she's become somebody who's really like, I could really see us becoming very good friends. She's a great person. Um, and then you never know. So you reach out to 100 people, maybe you have 10 people at the end of that who have similar interests or are interested in creating new friendships. But, you know, if you never have that openness to what could happen, then you never come across those people who can become lifelong friends. 
I can fully relate to being in that mode of like, I just don't want to yeah. <laughs> right now. And I am not, I am not an extrovert. I feel like I'm an introverted extrovert. I don't really know what I am, but like online, I feel like it's so much easier for me to be like, Hey guys, blah, blah, blah. But then in person, I, there's definitely like some social anxiety and like, I know I'm awkward and I'm leaning into this. Like mm -hmm. this podcast is me leaning into my awkward and craziness, right? Like, but I know that I'm going to walk up to people and be like, Hey, you have a baby. I have a baby too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what that do we do so about crazy. this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not good at, uh, I guess initiating communication, but I don't know. I think I just get a little too in my head about it. No, I really like, though, that you said about just you keep trying, like, 100 people. You get 10 people out of that. That's awesome. I want to build community in that way. And, yeah, I think online community is important, and we have, like, an online community for the podcast. But ultimately, I want people to, like, listen to my podcast and, like, text in real life friends. Yeah. Like, I want them to not go, like, online to people who are too far away to, like, have them come over and like sit in your living room and watch Love is Blind, right? Like I want real life hangout and sweatpants friends to like come from this. So that's my goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Alrighty. Can we switch gears back to nature? And I just have to like give the huge caveat that I don't know what about me <laughs> does not love nature. <laughs> I love like, there are so many places that I love. Um, I can picture, like, I used to, I love to go camping. But getting outside, actually, I do know the problem. Getting outside with my kids daily is, it's a huge mountain to climb for me. Um, and I think part of it is, like, literally just holding one kid, getting another kid dressed. Like, the act of getting them outside is just huge for me. Um, but... Let's talk about you and your love of nature. So which nature practices do you think impact you and motherhood the most? Like which ones make you feel like almost outside of the norm? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I am just not super. I'm super type A about things, but I really try to be. I think letting my kids discover who they are without me having to intervene a lot is a hugely countercultural mindset. I think that's especially true in the Northeast where we're very education focused. We're very, amb <laughs> very ambitious. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on moms to curate their children's lives. And to curate the experiences that their children have, the friendships that they make, how they go about doing that. And something that I really want to do for my children is to give them the freedom to go outside as themselves, be fully themselves. And that often means like we are hot mess sallies walking around. Um, I do not keep them from doing certain things because... They might get messy or they might get their hair messy. And I know for a lot of people, that's a higher bar to get over. Like there are some people who, you know, 
it's very real and it's something that I want to talk about a lot is the anxiety about getting outside and the anxiety about kids getting messy or ruining their clothes, whether that's financial anxiety, whether that's social anxiety that you think your kid's going to look weird and not make friends, whether that's concerns about pathogens or germs or other things like all of that choking, all of that stuff is super real. And so I think for me, I want, I'm doing this in a way that makes sense for me. And I think it's important for us to talk about those things because getting outside into nature is powerful. Like there is scientific data that demonstrates that getting outside, being around the natural world is critical, not just to children, but to moms and to parents and to human beings at large. And so how can we kind of like lower the threshold, like lower the barriers to entry so that all people can access that for themselves and for their families? And that's why when I talk about the Nature Skills Cooperative, I always say people who value nature, whether that's actually or aspirationally, because it's not about going camping at Acadia like every single summer. That's not the, the bar. That's not the bar that you have to pass to be outdoorsy sitting in your driveway while your kids play with sidewalk chalk, you're outside. That's what matters. So I think I definitely feel countercultural because I am trying to live this in a way that makes sense to me and to my family. Um, I've just received so much of a benefit from it that it really keeps me going and I want to help other people access that. I really want to know more about like your benefit, like what has been beneficial to you as the mom, because the pressure is on moms, the pressure is to get your kids outside, Mm -hmm. it's good for them, and yeah, it's good for you too, oh, by the way, but your role as mother tends to be, if you're like talking about expectations, your role as the mom is to take care of the kids, and that's, that's what the pressure feels like, I'm failing my kids if I don't get them outside. But what is the benefit for us as moms? Like what has been your benefit of getting your booty outside? Get that booty outside. That's okay. <laughs> we just renamed the group. Done. <laughs> um, there actually is a Facebook group called Get Your Butts Outside. I love that. Uh, for outdoorsy people if you're interested. Um, so like on a scientific level, on like a physiological, biological level, there's been studies that have demonstrated that like especially for those of us who are chronically overstimulated, especially the ADD moms, Paula, the lights, the sounds, it's all so overstimulating when you're inside. The TV, the screens, you know, the beeping, the fire alarm is going off. It's so overstimulating. And that's true for us. It's true for our kids. When we go outside, there's evidence that, you know, the volume is lower the way that the natural world absorbs sounds and creates sounds is more in line with how humans are designed to exist in their environments you know we are people who came out of a history and we are our bodies are not designed for kind of like some of the demands that we place on it day in and day out and so putting ourselves back in the space that our bodies were designed to be in is can really help us reduce the noise that we face all the time. So there's that. There's the visual stimulation, the audio stimulation. Both of those things are improved. I also would say, 
I think it helps us to slow down. Like I know on the days when I've gotten outside and disconnected with my phone, mm-hmm. like the whole rhythm just yep. slows down for all of us. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I've had to, I've had to find hobbies to do outside while my kids play and most adults don't have hobbies. And so, um, just finding things that I'm interested in as a human has been really good for me. I've gotten very into gardening. Um, again, biologically, like there's evidence that even gardening can like help your microbiome. It's really good for us physically. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits and it makes my kids screams quieter. Like my kid, I have loud kids. I know you have loud kids. Um, I have very loud kids and they scream all the time. And I'm like, just go outside. Go scream. Scream your head off. Outside. I just heard a quote that was like, maybe it was in your group. It was like, um, kids can't bounce off the walls if there are no walls. (laughs) I was like, I like that. It's so true. Let's talk logistics. How do you fit in? How do you fit in getting out in nature into your routine and your rhythm of your house? Do you have like different times of day that you are always outside or things like that? The rhythm word is definitely the one that I connect with the most. I'm not a routine, super routine person, um, but I go for rhythm. So usually, um, I actually am working on a blog post right now about, like, how I'm shaking off the winter blues. And really, step number one is I go outside, especially on days when it's sunny. Like, I will just give, I will be fully honest, I do not like cold and wet combination. So, like, a snowy day is very difficult for me. <laughs> like, I don't, cold, fine, wet, fine, not cold and wet, bad. And just for context for our listeners, today was yes. uh, a very large snowstorm st- where we live. So. Huge snowstorm. Um, I like going outside when it's cold, so I'm fine with that. But, so we were not outside this morning. Dad took them outside. But in these days, as we're getting closer to spring, in the morning when it's sunny out, Like, we go outside, and I talk to my kids about, like, the vitamin D is very important for you and your bones and, you know, for your mood. So we're going to stay outside in the sunshine. So I'm teaching them a why as well. So we usually mornings are a big time. I bring my coffee outside. For those of you who are like, how do I get my chores done? A lot of people say, just bring it outside. You have a load of laundry to do. I mean, to fold. Just bring it outside and fold it outside. Bring your laundry outside? Um. Laundry is not a huge priority for me, but there are a lot of moms who say, yes, definitely. If that's a concern for you, just bring it outside. We bring snacks outside. So we don't like fit nature into our life over the years as a family who's trying to live our value of being outside. We try to live our life by incorporating the outdoors as much as possible without adding it as a to-do list. So you actually just reminded me of this book I read. And I'm going to butcher the name, but I will add it to the show notes the right way. It's called like the turquoise table. Have you heard of this book? Mm-mm. It's by a Christian author. And I got on this tangent. I am not like a, I'm not very religious, but I got on this tangent of Christian authors. And she says she has this theory of backyard people and front yard people. And she challenges people to be front yard people by putting a picnic table in their front yard and then like having their life 
kind of circle around it. So you do your crafts outside on your, and it's a turquoise table because she wanted it to be turquoise, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But so you like spend your life outside. And I actually, my yard is very oddly shaped. I don't have like a good front yard, but people do walk by kind of, it would be like a side yard. So I, I hauled a little table out and I put little logs around it. Um, and I don't use it nearly as much, but what you just said just reminded me of like how much I'm looking forward to springtime because I am definitely more outdoorsy in the spring um, and just getting my butt out there. So and the, the point is that when your neighbors are walking their dogs, you learn their dogs' names and eventually you learn the people's names, right? And then <laughs> you figure that out. <laughs> I still, I know like this one guy who walks by and I'm like, oh, that's Josie and Winston, the dogs, but I have no idea what his name is. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, it's so true. And I actually, my neighborhood is very much like that. Like it's, life happens in the backyard and it's a private space. It's invite only. You don't stumble upon people. And I put a little, I made like a little bistro set when it was warm last week with like a little table and a couple chairs. And I know my neighbor will come over and and we'll hang out and have our coffee. And I was thinking that exact wording of like, I'm a front yard person. And like, ask me how I'm countercultural. Like I hang out in my front yard. And Mm -hmm. my husband will tell you though, in New Hampshire, it's very um, normal for people to have like stuff in their front yard. Like if you're driving around New Hampshire, you're going to see like a sink or something in someone's front yard. He's like, it's so New Hampshire. I don't have a sink in my front yard, but I do have a table. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Or a table in the front yard. What does your life look like when you don't or can't go outside? I will just answer that by saying, eventually I I go to myself like, what the heck is going on? And then I go, I have to go outside. I haven't been outside in a while. And I'll tell my sister, like, I haven't been outside in a while. Now I'm outside and I feel good. Mm -hmm. So... The other thing is that if I really can't go outside, you know, I do have little kids and they can only be outside in the cold and wet for a limited amount of time, you know, before they really get cold. So we're in and out a lot, but I try to bring the indoors, the outdoors in with Mm -hmm. me. So I have a lot of plants. I've set up my gardening station. I hatch quails in my bedroom closet. I know that's a very quirky thing about me. And I just told you, and that's how close I feel with you um and even like you know when I talk about nature skills it's not just about being outside it's about like understanding how nature influences us as people and so like getting into fermenting and getting into sourdough has been to me that feels like nature and natural because you're sort of watching the natural world at work in these very traditional things that our ancestors would have known and leveraged um, to, you know, as just a very natural thing that they harness to be able to feed their families and work in collaboration with nature. So for me today, I was really sad because I was like, oh, it's a snow day. I'm going to choose bake some bread. And then my power went out. So I couldn't. So for me, that was taken away from me today. But normally, that's what I what I do. Because you just connect with the rhythms and the of our ancestors. And it's funny because I've been reading this book called Sapiens, and it's like, oh yeah, have you read this? 
I heard about it. Yeah. It talks about like a lot of different things, and one of the things is that like you you go way back to like the hunter gatherers, right? And then you come to us. I'm not gonna say this very well, but it's just so interesting to think of like the different ways that we've developed as a species to be, you know, connected to the earth, right? And the rhythms mm-hmm. of the earth and all of that. It's just so interesting to me. I'm not, it's like a side, side interest yeah. of mine. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Right. One more question and then we'll wrap up with a rousing game of Would You Rather. This question is, what is your absolute favorite thing to do outside with your kids? We really like hiking. Our family really likes hiking. At this point in my life with little kids, that means that we go to the woods and we will either make it three miles or we will make it 500 feet and end up throwing creeks in the, um, like sticks in the creek for an hour. Um, and I also have gotten into foraging. I think partially that's just like the dopamine hit for me of searching for something and finding it. Find it. Um, like walking down the street and finding a mushroom or something that I've read about is really cool and just finding that in my real world and learning about it. So I have a few things on my list this year, which is a great thing because you can go to a park, you can go somewhere, like we go to Keys Memorial in Milford, and there's so much random stuff there <laughs> that are foraging gold. Oh, and really? Yeah, so it's just, it makes it into a fun game for me, being outside, like in these just mm-hmm. regular places in my town. And, and then teaching my kids about it is really fun and watching them get excited about it and teach their friends. Um, it's just really fun. That's really cute. I like that. It reminded me of geocaching. I like to go geocaching, but it's very different. Yeah, it's like nature foraging. geocaching. That's exactly <laughs> yes. what I was going to say, or like Pokemon, whatever that Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon hunting go. game was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know, you have less hints. Like I, when I do it, I have an app that's like, go this way. And I'm like, okay. So I like your, I like your version a little bit better, I think. All right, so let's just play a little game of Would You Rather, and then uh, we'll wrap up. So number one, would you rather hike to the top of a mountain or explore a cave system? No caves, zero. (laughs) Why not? I am claustrophobic. I do not like caves. Yeah, like I could go into the mouth of a cave, but you're right. I wouldn't want to go like all the way in. Um, (laughs) Would you rather go kayaking in a serene lake or whitewater rafting down a rapid river? The lake. Same. Would you rather camp in a dense forest or on a sandy beach? Oh, gosh. Mm, That's a tricky one. The sand sand goes everywhere, and I know that, but I'm going to go for the aesthetics, and I'm going to go beach. That's a bucket list item for sure. I like, yeah. I don't know. I I could go either way. <laughs> Neither is preferred. Would you rather go bird watching or stargazing? Stargazing. Oh. Would you rather spend a day? This is the one I think is kind of the same. My husband rock climbs. Would you rather spend a day rock climbing or bouldering? I'm just gonna take the trail. Can I add a third option? <laughs> like none of the above. So my husband boulders. Or he used to before he broke his arm. But he, but like, I feel like rock climbing is where you have the like lines and bouldering is just a big rock. So they are different, but they feel They the are same. different, yeah. 
Would you rather go on a multi-day backpacking trip or a guided nature tour? I know which one I choose. I would love to go backpacking at some point when my kids are older. So I would like that. Hmm. I want a guide. Would you rather explore a national park or a state park? Um, state park all day because national parks are like amusement parks with lines and parking. It just with hills around. That's my <laughs> that's my hot take on national parks. Unless it's off season. Okay. Would you rather go on a scenic drive or a bike ride through the countryside? Scenic drive. What was the first a, one? Scenic drive in a car or a bike ride through the countryside. I really love both. We're scenic. We're the scenic route people all day. Would you rather visit a waterfall or a hot spring? Ooh. I've never been to a hot spring. I've seen waterfalls, so I would like a new experience. I got yeah. engaged at a waterfall, so I think I just would romantically want a oh, waterfall. Nostalgia. Yeah. And then would you rather go whale watching on a whale watching tour or a dolphin watching tour? Actually, edit I, that. Let me edit it. Would you rather go okay. swim with the dolphins or go on a whale watch? Oh, dang. I was like 100% on whale watch. Ooh. I think I'm going to say whale watch. I love whales. I wanted to be mm. a marine biologist when I was a kid. So many people and I've been did. On a lot of, I know, right? It was Lisa Frank, I, I think. I was going to say, like, what sparked that for all of us? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I wanted, I want to swim with dolphins because I just think they're like big dogs. I don't know why. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for talking to me and everyone. And where can people find you? You can find all my information at the naturescillscooperative.com. I'm on Instagram at the Nature Skills Cooperative and um, would love for you to join our community of families who love nature actually or aspirationally at Nature Skills Cooperative group on Facebook. I love it. It's a fun group. Definitely go join. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Mothering Together. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring. If you want to keep the conversation going and connect with other amazing moms with ADHD, then I'd love for you to join our private Facebook group. It's a great way to get more tips, support, and community. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any burning questions or ideas for future episodes, I'm always here to help. So just shoot me an email at motheringtogetherpodcast at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. We're all in it together and together we can create a more joyful and fulfilling life. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next episode.